0: Open up to John chapter 4, verse 19 through 24. If you're there, would you all stand as we receive the word? John
1: chapter 4, beginning in verse 19. Here's the word of God. The woman said to him,
0: Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship
1: in spirit and truth. God, we open our hearts against your word. God, we Desire your word. If we gather here. And just to be able to. Uh,
0: put a check. On our to-do list. Lord would you remind us. What this time is all about. And may you teach us. May you declare your truth. To your people. And through that. We would understand your will. Through that we would understand. How. How to live our lives. Be with your servant.
1: Be with your people. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So good morning once again. How are we doing this morning? You know,
0: you say one thing and your face gives me different answers. Or some of you just Completely avoided eye contact with me. So. Now. Uh, we've been. Um, studying through. The word in itself. And by different biblical writers. And what they have to say. About who we are. In Jesus Christ. Who are we. In Jesus Christ. We looked at Paul first. Out of First Corinthians. And Paul says we are the fragrance of Christ. We are the sweet, pleasant aroma of Jesus Christ as we share the knowledge of Jesus Christ, his life, his death and resurrection. And we share that with our words. We share that with our action, with our lives, with our entire being to the people around us. And we spread the aroma, the fragrance of Christ. And that's where we are. James, the Lord's brother, also says we are the doers of his word. We are the doers of his words. What that means is we live by his word. We uphold his commands. And when we live by them, we're not burdened by his words. And these words are not to harm us, but to bless us. We live by His Word. That means we stay on the path that He laid for us to walk on. John also said in 1 John, We are the overcomers. We are the overcomers of this world. We are the overcomers of the one who rules uh, on this earth, Satan, the enemy. We overcome uh, trials and temptations that we face, we overcome even ourselves, our lust, our desires, our pleasure, our own plan, sometimes throw us off from the path that we are on. We overcome these. We are the overcomers. And these are the things that that uh, the biblical writers tell us who we are in Jesus Christ. Now, this morning, we arrive in the gospel where it shows us, it shares with us arguably the most important identity we should always assume in Jesus Christ. This is on. As much as the other identity that we looked at, whether it's being the fragrance of Christ, whether we are the doers of the word, whether we are the overcomers of whatever we are faced with, Yes, these are the identity, but this is the most, arguably the most important identity for ourselves in Jesus Christ. In the conversation Jesus had with the Samaritan woman, very familiar thing, and I spoke on this before, and we look into this passage again because it is the uh, really identifying distinguishing factor of who we are. Once again, this is the identity we always assume, and that is to be the true worshipers. Now, before we take uh, into the, uh, just dive into uh, what it is that makes us being that true worshipper, there's one thing that we must clearly understand. Here's the thing that we need to understand, and that is who determines what worship is. Who determines what worship is and what worship isn't? Who
1: decides? Do you and I determine what worship is?
0: Do you and I dove ourselves? We call ourselves to be true worshipers. Do we say that? Do we determine that? Because the answer is clearly written in this conversation. God determines what worship is.
1: God determines who are
0: true worshipers in his sight. He determines. It is not our job. We don't decide. It is not up to us. It has nothing to do with how we felt during the worship, uh, how we feel after worship. It has nothing to do with that. That has no bearing on that determination because we do not determine what worship is. We do not determine who the true worshipers are. God does. That's something that we need to establish. Because worship belongs to God, just like all things, but especially, particularly worship belongs to God because it's about God. It's of God, it's for God, it is by God. Worship is all about God. It's not about me, certainly not about you. The worship that we offer, it is not directed to anyone sitting in this room. The worship is not made or catered to
1: anyone in this building. But
0: God alone. Because God alone determines what worship is. He alone determines who the true worshipers
1: are. Not I, not me,
0: and not you. And that brings us to the very, very important point that we must always uh, consider when we come to worship God. Verse 23. This is something that we need to understand if we are to be the true worshiper in the sight of God. And that is this, we must understand that God is seeking. He is seeking for true worshipers. He's seeking, searching, looking for such worship. This you and I have to keep in mind. He is seeking for true worshipers. Now, Scripture tells us everywhere that God created us. He created heaven and the earth, and He created us and placed us on the earth. And His purpose for uh, creating us is to worship Him, glorifying Him, bringing uh, glory and honor to His name. That's our ultimate purpose, our priority in life. We're created to worship God. Now, then what is worship? if we don't complicate what worship is, if we simply try to understand as as simple as we can, worship is this. Worship is simply bringing glory to God with our lives, through our lives, through all that we are, with our words, with our attitude, with our posture, with our action, with our thoughts, all that we have, all that we are, What we are doing is we respond to all that God is. All that he has done. We respond to God. That is what worship is. We respond to all that he is. What he has done for you and I. With an overflow of gratitude. We just share what we are thankful for. Eddie and I share something that we were thankful for for this entire summer. That's. Worship, when you approach this time of worship, it is responding. You are responding to God's loving, a uh, blessing, uh, mercy that is showered upon your life. You respond to what God has done with an overflow of gratitude and praise. Worship is our loving response to God for loving on us. Make sense? That's what worship is. Don't complicate. Are you touched by God? You're thankful for God? You cannot be where you are without his love and grace? Yes. That must show when you worship. It shows when you sing. I, I tell
1: the praise team all the time, Hey, losing your, you know,
0: Robs. you know, don't be serious. Because you can be, because you don't want to make mistake. We practice things, and you want to remember. And as you do, you know, you don't have that joyful face. You're not smiling. You're serious. Sometimes you look mad. When when you're focused, I think it's, I'm guilty of that too. When I'm focused, I don't look joyful. Can you imagine I'm leading worship and praise team leading the church, and we look serious? Worship is just being grateful about what God has done to you and you're overwhelmed with joy and gladness and you respond to God. That's what worship is. Now by having said that, Jesus says God is seeking for such people for such worship. And this is a mind-boggling thing. I want you to think about it. God is seeking such people to worship Him that offers true worship. Why would God search for such worship? Why is God seeking for such people? Why? I mean, think about it logically. Why would anyone search for anything? The logical answer is because they are not readily available. It's just hard to find, isn't it? you don't search for that it's something that is just abundant have you built lego if you deal with 1000 pieces and there is that one piece
1: you search you seek
0: after you flip if you've been doing some lego you know what i'm talking about. you do this and if you're really ocd about it you just you know be before you even get to it, you just separate them by the
1: colors. And that makes your life easy.
0: What do you search for? Things? Because it is not easy to find. It is not abundant. It is not readily available. Think about that. Jesus says, Jesus says, God is seeking. God is searching. Such people who offers the worship that he desires.
1: Why? Because not everyone offers the worship that God is seeking. That's a thing. Folks, there are plenty of worship,
0: right? There's plenty of worship. God has plenty of worship, there are so many worship being offered to God including our own on any given Sunday. Millions of people, millions of, billions of people offering millions of worship service every Sunday around the globe. That is the fact.
1: Plenty of worship God has.
0: But entertain this thought. But what if? What we offer to God as worship, if that isn't worship. We call it worship, but God says that's not worship. That's a thought, right? What if we deemed ourselves not as true worshipers, but as true worshiper, but God sees different? Because once again, who determines what worship is? Who determines Who is a true worshiper. Because God says. Jesus says. He is seeking.
1: Looking. For true worshiper. Think about that church. Father is searching. Father is seeking for the true worshiper. When you think about that fact. What resonates in your head right now? What goes through in your head?
0: I mean, think about it. The thoughts are, like, am I offering the worship he desires right now at this moment? Did I come this to this place, got up this morning, dressed myself, drove myself here to offer the worship service that God must accept? Was that the intention? Was that the purpose of this morning?
1: Are you an attender to worship? A to worship. Or are
0: you a worshiper of God? And there's a difference. He is distinguishing that right here. Are you being dubbed
1: by God as a true worshiper? Was this the intention, the mindset you have? As you come into this place. To worship God this morning. Guys, if you do the same thing over and over. It gets old. I'm going to say it. It gets old. I love noodles. I can eat noodle every night. Not good for me. All that carbs. But if you eat the same noodle over and over and over, it kind of gets old, doesn't it? Oh, again. Oh, again. I do understand that aspect. It could get old. But again, it's not about you.
0: The worship is not about you, how you feel about it what you feel during the worship. It's not about you. Some way, somehow, along the way, we made it about us.
1: My friends, here's
0: a simple, straightforward truth. God is seeking for true worshiper. He is seeking for such worship that he desires. If he determines what worship is, there
1: are things that he is looking for. I've been born and raised in a Christian household. And I grew up in church. I think I missed maybe a handful of Sunday worship service in my life. Handful.
0: Sunday mornings are spent obviously at the church. Sometimes Sunday afternoons are just, if it needs to be, I'm there. That's how I was raised. After God called me to ministry, worship on Sunday became just a focal point. It became my job. It became, uh, something that I do. It's work and responsibility. I plan for worship. I work for worship. Worship becomes the culmination of my entire week's focus. Worship.
1: Then I must be a true worship. Right?
0: Then I must offer every Sunday, I must be offering God a worship that he desires. A true worship, right? Why not? There's
1: no Zero response. Yeah. I must be, right? Hmm? Church, out of
0: all of my countless services, worships that I offer to God, out of all those thoughts that occurred to me, how many of
1: those God deemed worth receiving?
0: That is what God designed. And God called it. As God was seeking, God saw it, identify me as a true worshiper and offer and receive that worship that I offer as acceptable. How many? That's
1: a thought. Scary thought at that. So
0: over the years, I realized it is nearly impossible to truly worship God on Sunday morning if I'm not
1: worshiping God throughout the week. It is so
0: easy for me to think that I can just simply show up and attend and participate on Sunday worship service, and just be able to whip up something and give it to God, and be able to offer God worship that He would accept.
1: But the reality is this. We can't worship God on Sunday
0: morning all of a sudden, only because we want to. We can't just worship God on Sunday morning uh, when our lives this past week had nothing to do with God or even worse, it was against God. And all of a sudden we show up and attend and gather in the name of Jesus Christ and we, we call this worship, what I do is worship. And God, you must accept. Because I offer you worship, I call it worship, and you should as well.
1: If our week
0: had nothing to do with God, and all of a sudden, can we just turn it on, flip the switch on, and say, here you go. We flip the switch, and spiritually we're in tune with God, and we are being able to offer God an acceptable spiritual service. Can we just do that? Can we be on the same page with God spiritually? God who is spirit. Only because we
1: want to and we need to. Folks, verse
0: 23. Again, God is seeking. This is why Jesus said, God is searching for such worship. For the true worshipers who will worship him. As he desires. God is seeking and searching. Why? Because not everyone worships God with an intention to glorify God. With an intention and mindset. God you must receive this. I must offer this time to God in worship. This is the biggest thing that Jesus has against the established religion. To the Pharisees and the scribes. Jesus
1: would accuse them and say, you worship God with your lips. Not with your hearts. It says he is seeking the true worshipers. How are we doing in our worship this morning? How do we come? How did we arrive here? What have you come to do? Because that thought alone changes things. This line alone changes how we approach worship. Then how?
0: How? The characteristic. What is the characteristic of true worship? True worshipers. How do they worship? What is the worship that God desires? According to Jesus, the true worshipers worship God in spirit and truth. He says it twice in 23 and 24. It repeats the same thing twice. The true worshipers worship God both, not or, both in spirit
1: and truth. Some of you may remember this.
0: The word spirit is not Holy Spirit. It's not capitalized there. It's not about that. It refers to our own spirit, human spirit. The spirit that we see when the Holy Spirit revived us, that spirit. We worship in spirit. We worship from our inner being, from our heart.
1: Worship in spirit.
0: That means we worship here first, and it flows. Worship is not external. It's not what you show outside. It begins here, and from inside out it shows. That's what worship in spirit means. So what that tells you is that worship has nothing to do with the right place at the right time, or the right words being spoken, right songs are being sang, and the right mood. That you must have in order to worship. It has nothing to do with external circumstance, But it has everything to do with inside. Because worship is not an environment. It's not an environment that we create or we cater for you. Worship is taking place in your heart. In your inner being. And through that, it it shows
1: the overflow of what's in your heart.
0: Because God is spirit. Jesus says this, God is spirit. And worship is, must be, a
1: spiritual exercise. Church, when it comes to worship, God's primary concern is your heart. It's your heart.
0: Not an external condition. Not how big the venues are. Not how big uh, production is and all of these things that are going on. It could be uh, underground house church in China. It could be in a hut that I know in Mexico. It doesn't matter the condition or circumstance or environment that you are in. It's all about... Your heart, offering your heartfelt worship flowing out to
1: God in worship. Worship in spirit. Jesus also says, you worship in spirit, but you also worship in truth. So what does that mean? Worship is not just merely an emotional exercise. I don't cry a lot. I I don't watching movies. A few times I do. But
0: I find myself crying, tearing up during the worship, during the songs, and a certain part of the truth that I was encountered with in the circumstance uh, that I was going through. Make sense? I tear up. I get emotional. We're emotional beings. And therefore, we produce certain feelings as we engage in certain activities. Now, in worship, as God comforts you, assures you, reminds of who He is and what He has done and who you are to Him, you and I can get emotional. We cheer up. We cry. Uh, We, we laugh and celebrate. These are emotions. However, these emotions are based on the truth of who he is and what he has done for me and what he promised to do in my life. It is not baseless and, and personal on my part. That's what it means for worship in truth. This feeling, this time of worship, that we express our joy and gladness is built upon, based upon the promises of God, the word, the truth of God. Therefore, the true worship is a response of adoration and praise by the truth that God has already revealed in the Bible, in his son. And the word in action, it will be more Uh, really hands-on time this, this semester. We're going to learn how to pray, but how to pray the Bible. How do we pray based on the word? Uh, that we have so that we do not repeat the same thing. We don't say the same thing over and over. But as the spirit guides us, reminds us through the word, we uh, have bountiful things to pray for. And it, it, it energizes our prayer life. And we're going to practice that. We're going to actually pray and actually engage in how it works. I'm excited for that. And same thing in worship. We don't baselessly cry or laugh and and, and be uh, confident. But based on the word and what he has done that we believe in the gospel. In the promise that he has made. Regardless of how many times we fail and fall.
1: We worship God in truth. Of what he declared to us. Worship in truth.
0: We worship God for His love, but we also worship God for His holiness, His justice and righteousness. We worship God for His sovereignty. Sometimes we don't like it, but we also worship for His grace and mercy. We worship God when He takes things away, but we worship God when He gives as well. We worship God when things go well according to our plan. Nevertheless, we still worship God with same vigor. When things fall apart,
1: because we base our worship on the truth, on the Word, that keeps us grounded. So that means we need to
0: feed our spirit, our soul, our heart. Fill our heart with. The word, so that it engages the word, and based on that it flows, a worship takes place here, and then it shifts. worship in spirit and truth.
1: So just to summarize, true
0: worship begins deep in your hearts, the heart that is filled with the love that you have for him as you realize. The love that God has for you. As you experience. As you understand the word. And the magnitude of his love. That he has for you. And based on that truth. This unchanging truth. Enables your spirit.
1: To worship God. Amen. We're worshipers. True worshipers. As God seeks for one. This is the identity that we need to assume at all times. We're not an attender. You're not attenders of such church or such worship. That word is blasphemous in so many ways. You are worshipers of God. Amen? That's not what God desires from us, being attenders. He wants true worship. It's so easy
0: for you and I to just mostly you, because I mostly stand here. As you sit there, it's easy for you to consider yourself as
1: audience. Right? You got leaders come up, you
0: got pastors come up and do things. We present. We for lack of a better way to describe it, we perform. And you sit there and receive and see our performance. And whether you do that or not, sometimes when I sit and I visit some other church, I begin to grade things. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, that's wonderful. I would love to do that
1: in my worship. What's that? As if you see
0: yourself audience, you also deem that you are entitled to grade what you are being uh, uh, witnessed.
1: But we're not the audience when it comes to worship.
0: Our entire gathering, the church itself, what we gather to do in its entirety is the worship and performance to the audience one. Amen? God is one and only audience. We offer, we perform, we
1: present to God.
0: So concern and question that we have every time we worship or after we walk out of the worship is now, what what did I get? How do I feel about the worship? Am I energized and revitalized and re-engaging this world? It's like a battery recharged through the worship. That's not the primary concern. The primary concern is that was God pleased. Would God call this acceptable, true worship? Was I, in its sight, identified as a true worshiper? That's concern. That is the aim and goal collectively as a church, individually as a person in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? If we have that
1: thought, it changes. It changes a lot of things. And then the blessing.
0: And then the experience of that worship. Look, I'm not going to nitpick all these things. I'm not asking for perfection, that you have to be flawless from Sunday morning and through uh, the end of the worship. But it is the heart that
1: he desires. It's that yearning. It's that desire. With that thought, you come this morning.
0: You get up. You come and you sit. You pray, prepare, and, and your desire is, God, I want to be in tune with your spirit and help me to offer the worship that I must. Where I am created to do this. That's my identity in Jesus Christ. I'm living and breathing again by the Holy Spirit in me. And I understand your love and grace and blessing. Where would I be without you if that is our confession that it begins here and it overflows? I don't have to ask you, hey, be excited about worship. Hey, raise your hand and sing out.
1: I don't have to get that out of you. Jesus says, God is seeking for such worship. For such people. And I want to be in that number. Our church to be in that number. Amen? That's who we are in Jesus Christ. God has plenty of worship. Let's that's, that's just face it. God does not want another worship, another attender. Can we wrap our head around that God seeks the Father seeks the Son says my Father seeks true worship may it be our goal may it be our collective aim as graceful community
0: God you are holy you're holy and holy and yet you are also love. And because you are love And holy. You sent your son. To justify us. To redeem us. And you pay dearly. To claim us. And we have your spirit. New life. In us. And we are. To glorify you worship you and what you have done in us. God, I, may your grace, your love, overwhelm us each and every day. And through that overwhelming love and gratitude, may we praise you and honor you, not to us, alone Lord, but all to your holy name. We praise, we worship, we celebrate. God, it is difficult sometimes how forgetful we are. And we engage this mundane activity because we do this week in, week out. But God, if we are indebted to you, we're overwhelmed by your grace and reminded of your love each and every day. We can come in that spirit. Expect that we can, we will be able to offer you the worship that you are seeking. And we are created to worship you. That's our purpose. We must worship you. God, would you help us to look into our week? Help us to look into our weekends. Sunday mornings how we are to you. As we sit here stand here pray together read your word and hear your word what goes on in our hearts. We do not see each other's heart we can not see it but you do. Because what matters to you is the heart not what we put on on our external surface. this is what we assume true worshiper that is our identity one of the most important identity the most fundamental one that we must assume we worship you as we drive we worship you as we work we worship you As we serve one another, we worship you. We break it into singing, reading, and prayer. We worship you. And we gather together as a church. We celebrate. We worship you. We pray and encourage and assure and remind one another of who you are, what you have done, what you will continue to do and carry us through the eternity. We worship. That's worship that you deserve so fill us with your word fill us with your love may the true worship takes place in our hearts and when we gather we cannot we cannot contain our love for you and may it be demonstrated as we worship as we sing sing on to you worship to you God I pray that you would engage your people throughout the week remind them about what you have done. Lead them and guide them and overwhelm them with a sense of gratitude. Carry them through, Lord, so that they will have ample, abundant things to give thanks to you. Father, pray that you will bless them, protect them, and guide them. May we offer each and every day as a living sacrifice. Pray all this and she just Amen.